0: Welcome to Genius Leadership, Overcoming Everything podcast. Join me every week for insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders about their roller coaster ride to leading from the zone of genius. I'm your host, Anna Lieben. And before we kick off, let me invite you to a complimentary strategy call where during 30 minutes we work on identifying your zone of genius and lay out a plan for you to stay in that zone as much as possible. Schedule the call via link in the show notes. And for now, let's take a ride together. Welcome to another episode, dear Genius Leader. Today, I'm talking to Sofia Appelgren, the founder of the social enterprise called Midleaf, which is Swedish for my life. Sofia has multiple awards, and among others, she's been named Sweden's best social entrepreneur by Ben & Jerry's. And she's also a fellow of Ashoka, which is a prestigious uh, global network for social entrepreneurs. She's also been selected as a Time magazine's Swedish representative for their stories about the next generation leaders and has been named one of the 125 most influential women in Swedish business life. So, what MidLeaf is doing is amazing, I find. They are helping the international people with academic backgrounds to come into the workforce. In Sweden. And they do it through the mentorship program where they matchmaking uh, professionals who are in the labor market in Sweden with the people who are looking for a job. They also have trainings for the corporates and a lot of different resources. And Sophia is talking a bit about those and the effects of leaves uh, different projects and initiatives on the society and the workplaces. I really liked what. Sophia said in the beginning of our conversation how important it is to have the ownership of complexity for a leader. Because when you are a visionary leader, you see this huge journey in front of you. You you are passionate about the purpose that you're having. And it's important to not overwhelm the team of yours and actually own this complexity and say, hey, guys, I know this might be a bit difficult, but here are the steps that we can take now. So you. Are responsible as a leader to see this whole picture and then break it down into those bite sizes to make it simple for everyone involved to to be on board, to stay on board, to stay motivated, and to contribute to getting to that vision. We discussed values and how, for Sophia, the discussion about values has been crucial from the very start of her life or from very early, how they discussed values at the dinner table when she was a kid and how that affected her and motivated her to start and leave later on in life. A big discussion was about the diversity and inclusion not being the HR question. It's a leadership question. And it was interesting for me to f- to draw the parallels between the previous webinar, which I had in February with Cicely Bergestotter. If you listen to that episode, Cecilia is talking about the failures of many of the digital transformations are because we are forgetting the why, why we're we starting this initiative in the, in the first place. And then we are not connecting the dots between those original reasons and our actions and decisions on a daily basis. And that's what uh, Sophia is talking about uh, for the diversity and inclusion in- initiatives as well, that it's very important that the very top, the leadership of the company is completely bought into the idea that we do need the diversity and inclusion. Uh, we need to be transforming our culture. And how important it is to identify clearly why are you starting this journey towards better diversity and inclusion in your company, and then connect all your decisions and all your actions to this why. And it can be different to different organizations. And Sophia gives a couple of examples of that. We also talk about Sophia's journey as an entrepreneur. This is something that she's not talking about in usual or in other forums. So, that it was quite new for her to discuss her journey as the business owner instead of just being a consultant in diversity and inclusion. And there are a lot of golden nuggets in that part of the discussion how she managed to stay strong, how she managed to keep going, even though growing MedLeaf was not easy, what has helped her to get the company to where it is at the moment. And we also talk about one of the toughest decisions or the toughest decision that she's had in in her career with MidLeaf, which was stepping down as a CEO. And That was one of the questions from the audience uh, during the live hour, and I'm really happy that we discussed it because there are a lot of golden nuggets in there as well. So I hope you'll enjoy this conversation. Let me know what you think, as usual. Hi everyone, welcome to the March liveinar edition. I am doing this uh, free liveinars every month and uh, every first Tuesday of the month because I really love sharing the experiences and the conversations I'm having with my clients with my audience and with other amazing experts who are uh, in the same space as me or similar spaces. So, shortly about myself because I know a lot of new people here, I see a lot of new faces and new names and just so that you know who who is in front of you as a host. My name is Anna Liebel. I'm based in Iceland, used to live in Sweden, and originally am from Ukraine. And I am a leadership consultant helping leaders reclaim their zone of genius. That can be both people in the corporate world and uh, founders of the startups and their leadership teams. So I'm helping a bit of a different kind of kinds of leaders. And um, as I said, these live in hours are part of my um, contribution to sharing knowledge and expertise, inspiration and practical tips uh, with my audience and more. And I'm happy that you are here to, to take part in this. So today I'm going to talk with Sophia Appelgren, who is founder of Midleaf. For those who don't know Swedish, it's my life in Swedish. Uh, we'll talk about her story about why did she find, found the, the company and what they're doing exactly. I am Fascinated by Sofia and the company that she's built and what they're doing to the society, uh, I've been following them for. I was trying to remember. I think it was eight years. I got to know uh, through a common friend uh, about Midleaf and I've been following the, the journey. Really, being excited about what you're doing, and also res- having huge respect for for your contribution to to the development of the inclusion in Sweden. So, without further ado. Sophia, I will present you and start by asking my typical question. What is leadership and who is a leader for you? Thank you, Anna. And it's a big pleasure to be here
1: uh, and meet you all. And please ask any questions during this hour together so it becomes interactive. Uh, And I'm a bit nervous actually, because I never do any lectures about the journey. Uh, about midlife uh, or so, I'm I'm only out there working out as a consultant, <laughs> supporting others to find their answers. So bear with me. But what is leadership to me? That's a very good question because I've never really reflected over my own leadership a lot. Actually, that's just something that I became because I had a clear purpose and a very strong vision of wanting to change a big problem at the Swedish labor market. So I'm very thankful for you preparing me on those questions. But for me, a leader is a person with a clear purpose who influences a group of people towards an achievement of a goal. And for me, leadership is someone who makes things happen and attract people to join the journey because it means something for the followers. So it's not... Only goals, I believe. It's about the vision. It's about the ability to see and understand other people around you and walking the talk. And, and for me, it's very, very important to show in your behavior behaviors rather than, than talk. And I think that the biggest test on leadership is the followership. If you don't have the followers who want to join the journey, you can't call yourself a leader and therefore i think it's up to others your followers to define if you are a leader or not so that's leadership to be and in organization it's it's about supporting people to pr- become the absolutely best version of themselves supporting with the right tools and prerequisites and i think when people around you feel their importance and they keep growing you are a good leader. And I think also when as many as possible can get inspired and feel committed to your vision with both brain, heart and soul, you have a confirmed leadership role.
0: Yeah, and I think this is a very good point about the followership and really being able to inspire people because you don't have to have this on your business card as a manager or a leader to, to be able to do that. I think it's no. a very, very important part that we need to, I try to remind to all people around me, like you don't have to be in a leadership position officially in your company to be a great leader in your company, among your friends and family in, in your community. It's it's really about having that vision and getting people follow you on that vision and inspired and, and doing something together, creating synergies to yeah. bring the change that you see as a visionary as and, the future in the world. Yeah, that's so true and I also think it it's about that
1: a good leader takes ownership of of complexity uh, by creating simple narratives around you so people can understand where you are heading and what your how you're going to reach your vision because the the topics that we work with are are extremely complex but to bring as many as possible we need to understand uh, each other. That is all about communication and, and making things reachable and simple.
0: Yeah, I, I love that point as well, Sophia, about having the ownership of the complexity. And that's this is so important for us as leaders to think about that, okay, we might be like light years ahead of our team and we see the whole way. But to get people on board, we really need to break it down in small pieces. And actually that comes to the self-leadership quite a lot as well. Sometimes we see the vision for ourselves and we get scared and overwhelmed by it because we're like, this is just so far away from me. How can I get there ever? So this is also a very good thing about like owning that complexity. and thinking like, okay, I can take one step at a time and actually keep moving forward, having Mm the vision in front of me to make sure that I'm moving forward in the right direction. Uh, so it's a really gr- great uh, formulation, Sophia. I'm grateful for that. I want to to start about what, what brought you to the thought of Midleaf. Where
1: did that come from? So Midleaf works for an inclusive society and, la- and the labour market that values diversity. That is our vision. And I didn't put a word on our vision the day I started Midleaf in two, so 2008. It was a journey but I had a very strong feeling that this was where I'm going to put my life into. And I also met someone who said something very inspiring in line with that it takes a life to build something. So I just felt very committed to this strong feeling that I want to be part of creating a fair and just society where everyone have equal chances and in Sweden, we know that a job is key for integration and it leads to so many psychological and and I mean health benefits if you feel that you can contribute to the society via a job. So that that's where I, I knew I could bring my well experiences and, and my interest into the Swedish labor market and do something there. So I really wondered, <laughs> sometimes I wonder how I ended up here 13 years later, but still loving Mondays and still burned for, <laughs> for what we do, because that's really how I feel actually. But I think my values was formed very early in life. I went to, to even at the kindergarten, I have strong, strong memories and feelings because my, my mom, she wanted to become a priest. I'm not religious today, but but she wanted to become a priest. So she put me at a kindergarten, religious uh, Christian kindergarten. But what was so valuable there was that we, in a very early age, was talking about values and how to treat people around us. We went visiting and supporting vulnerable groups. And uh, it could be elder people with disabilities and so on or people that was not privileged with food uh, the basic needs like safe relations food roof and things like that and as a child you never judge you just like you you just get an early understanding of of that the world is is different for for all of us and and some people are privileged and some are not and that's not something you can accept that's something you have to do something about and this this feeling of responsibility has come and go all my upbringing, actually. And the eye for the unfair and the frustration that came without anything doing something about the the injustice, that gave me a strong drive for doing something. And then my father was traveling in his job around the world two-thirds of of the year (laughs) all my growth. So I remember him taking religion, cultures, perspectives to the dinner table. So that was the normal to me. That was the normal that brought out curiosity, creativity. And my early memories from from those discussions was that when my father was out in the world, I was looking at the Earth globe and where is he, Mm. in what country, how do they live there? And all those questions that pops up popped up and and made me very curious about, oh, well, different lifestyles and different cultures.
0: So with this said, may uh, I may interrupt you, you here before we yeah. move forward too far in the story? I really want to bring this back to this discussion around the, the dinner table, as you said, about the values and about. The differences in the world, different prerequisites that we all have. Can you give us examples of how your parents brought those discussions up? Because I think that can be very valuable to us as leaders in our families with our kids, but also as leaders in the companies, because we can, that can give some practical tips on how we can start those discussions about this important topic. Mm. Well, I think just defining your values, what are the values?
1: And Uh, Even if we were talking about differences, we were also talking a lot about similarities that we're all human. uh, We all have basic needs. uh, Love is the same for everyone. So it was never something controversial or something that gave a negative feeling about anything. It was just curiosity. So, and I also think he also talked, we also talked a lot about that. There is no right or wrong. It's just different. Mm. We don't have to say that things are right or wrong. We can just learn to accept that. We, we do have different programming and, and views on things and perspectives. Uh, and that's interesting. Mm. <laughs> and it can end there. <laughs> so I like that. But, but still, of course, we're in Sweden. And in Sweden, we have well, we're not maybe best in class yet, but we have come a bit far than many other countries when it comes to gender equality, for example. So there were certain things that we also made sure that we have to keep in progress uh, and, and keep develop. My brother and me could have can, could have the same, same, um, well, prerequisites at the labor market later. So but i think that just to talk about values my my from my perspective we talk too little about values mm. and that's something that concerns all of us and when it comes to our companies and organizations i think when working with dni we have to sign under common values that's the beginning of everything and it could be very basic things like respect And so on. But but we have to agree that there are certain play rules in this group that we need to consider in in our relation to each other, but also in all decisions that we take. Mm -hmm. So it's the same in a family, I think, or or the same in the society and and the companies.
0: Mm -hmm. I know you genius leaders who are listening or watching are feeling like, oh, another thing I need to do. Think about how beautiful those moments can be when you discuss these valuable things with your kids. When like, I have a friend who discusses it a lot and she shares on the internet about like, this is the question that my daughter came to me today with. And you read the question and you're like, is this a question from a seven-year-old? And mm. they start challenging you and see it as a gift because they will actually be curious. They are still like, they still have it in their <laughs> in their mind, in their like muscles this curiosity that we have lost and that is the return on investment for you you can get their curiosity back and it's not another thing to kind of answer it's actually see it as a a gift really and a blessing that huh this question i haven't thought about it in 20 30 years let's discuss it and and just keep exploring the world with with your little ones it's just such a beauty It is. And they're
1: not as prejudiced as the grown-ups are. So they can be very direct. And that's something that I appreciate too. Mm -hmm. And I have two kids uh, who are uh, 15 and 13 now, and their father has Turkish roots (laughs) and I have the Swedish roots. So we have in a very, and when we met 20 years ago, it was so clear that we had a labor market that, full of prejudices. Mm. And I could see very closely how the process worked. And I just felt that this only confirmed that I had to do something about breaking down barriers for for international talents. And I could also, I started to do some research on the loss for Swedish companies, if not taking care of all these amazing resources coming to our country. And I also wanted my kids to be proud over that they actually can bring out the best from two cultures. Then it has not been (laughs) (laughs) conflict-free,
0: but that interests me too. Yeah, I can Uh, relate to what you're saying because I'm also Ukrainian living with a German husband in Iceland (laughs) and we met and lived in Sweden. That's where our our daughter was born. So there is a a lot of cultures mix there, but that that brings a lot of interesting conversations to the table, especially when we try to learn each other languages. And it's like, why is it this like like this in German? And then explains <laughs> to me like, this is so stupid. And we laugh about it. And then I think about Ukrainian. and I was like, ha, huh, we have it the same way. <laughs> so it, like, it gives a perspective on your own culture, whatever it yeah. is, like your personal culture, your language, your family traditions, mm-hmm. your company culture, and so on. So it, it really brings the perspectives that can just enrich in you. Uh, yeah, Sophia, was yeah. it really like clear for you, how can you help the international professionals get onto the uh, work market in Sweden? Or have you tried different models before you came to the consultancy and mentorship? Can mm-hmm. you tell us more about that journey? Yeah, so I, I founded mitle
1: in 2008. And at that time, diversity and inclusion topics were very much a CSR, a little question on the side of the companies. So I started with the Mitliv Chance. It's a mentor program. And it's today the biggest mentor program in Sweden, directed towards uh, people with foreign background with an academic degree. So we started it actually for 700 people two weeks ago, only this spring. So it's just growing so much. But when I started Mitliv, it started in the mentorship program. I wanted to build bridges between the... Well, forgotten part of the talent pool who couldn't break through the barriers, and the, and and mentors representing some companies uh, with uh, the same education as the mentees and and uh, working experience, so we could do a, a good match there. So engineer with engineer and doctor with doctor, and so on. So the, f- the first year it was a lot about exploring what are the tools into the Swedish labor market and how can we design this program in the best way together so the answers will come from the groups where the answers are <laughs> to keep it simple so it was very much about and that's the same I mean the same program today and it's very much about Uh, for the companies to find find competence. Some of of the companies and partners we cooperate with go abroad to find talents that we already have in Sweden. So there's a huge mismatch. But the program is about very practical tools, like how do you write a CV in Sweden? How does the interview process look like? Uh, We talk about different organization cultures and also... I mean, how and typical Swedish organization cultures, and how you break through those. And we know that in Sweden, almost seven to eight jobs out of ten goes to or via networks and contacts. So, if you lack those professional networks, the time for you to get into the Swedish labour market will be very very long if not impossible so you have to find those meeting places where you can build your own professional network and um, so that we provide in in combination with very practical tools mm-hmm. and the mentors are so engaged when the mentors join our programs and see this and face this amazing talent pool and all this competence they also become important ambassadors for um, well the positive Side and opportunities with um, migration to our country. So um, and therefore, they also open open up for the topics within their organizations just by being mentors. Mm. So that's the program, and we have the results are amazing. And that's because of of we are not a government uh, organization. No one forces anyone to come to us. So it's very driven by a free will and, and a, a very high engagement. So we have great results today and we are have so many happy companies that have actually started reaching out to this amazing talent pool through Mitle's Chance. So over 50% of our mentees in our last report got a job comparing to their competence uh, during the program and that is numbers that are amazing if you compare to to the employment service in our country
0: yeah that's amazing what you're doing and it's super meaningful because this is really the, the the huge potential that a lot of organizations are missing on what kind of ripple effects have you observed in all these years from from that mentorship like from the participation of the mentors in the program so, uh, except mentors actually
1: fight their own prejudices <laughs> and become great ambassadors and and open up their own minds. They also get an get an, an insight that what are we actually missing here <laughs> for our company and and if we not. I mean are in the race here where will we end up then if if we not you know are competitive to to this talent group what will we miss so I mean all those then it's also other parts in the partnership program except the mentors we work with the management groups we work with i mean the large really global companies they often have a dni responsible that we work very closely with and what we can see is that except increased awareness there is an increased demand of concrete tools on how do we do this then how do we set up goals how do we make sure that we measure well the process and and the results and how do we connect the KPIs to increase innovation, creativity, better decision making, maybe all the benefits that we can see DNI actually brings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and also, I think the mentors brings in a view of of discussing what is competence. How do we get a broader view of of competence, and how can we use DNI to? increase business opportunities reach new i mean new markets and new target groups in different ways so so it's only a win-win-win for everyone this Mm -hmm. and it's very positive
0: yeah that's great you talked about the the high demand on the understanding how which tools uh, organizations can use for dni can you give examples of what kind of tools people are or organizations are implementing. And then maybe we can talk about this, what you see, what is the gap between the, the good intention and what the organizations maybe fail to do or to go all the way. And yeah, mm. I would like to discuss this part. <laughs> okay. That's good. And it's
1: uh, I, I we were talking about that before, but it, it can be very complex and it's very context-driven. It depends on what company you work with and how far they have come what ambitions the specific company actually have but i think the most important is to understand why work with dni mm-hmm. and that differs a lot actually uh, depending on on what industry or what company you are in but finding your purpose and and why is very important mm-hmm. even and, and it can be that you want to be a drive for, for an equal and just society. And that, that's fair enough. But it can also be that a company wants to connect those perspectives to the business values uh, in different ways. So you need to find your purpose and your why. And that is not an HR question only. It's actually a management issues so i think in the in the management group it all needs to start and you need a commitment from the management group the ceo that this is something that we need to prioritize so and one tool is to measure and that is very complex too because it depends on also what industry or what business you are in and, and, and the most common kpis to measure is gender and ethnicity age in Sweden, is age and gender KPIs most companies set up, and uh, all the other perspectives could be connected to the Swedish legislation. But also, some companies want the perspective, the cognitive diversity. How do we measure? I ask about that. <laughs> yeah, how do we measure educational backgrounds, uh, different life experiences, personality? traits, and so on, to make sure that we have mixed groups, cognitively mixed groups. But that shouldn't be an excuse to not work with a representative Mm -hmm. diversity either. So So what we do at Midlil is to support with broad knowledge around those topics and and make sure that each company find find their way to work with DNI. and And then when you have measured or or set up some KPIs, most companies, we know that we need to increase the knowledge in the organization because only, I mean, diversity is often connected to gender and ethnicity in all researchers, for example. But diversity needs to be defined by the company. What what is it that our company is talking about when we talk about diversity? So we talk the same language about all those (laughs) words. And we know that working with diversity can be very, start a lot of conflicts if not doing it in the right way, because suddenly you bring a lot of different people in with maybe different values. And not being prepared of that uh, can, can actually instead be pretty worse. <laughs> so you have to have the right tools among leaders and make sure that everyone have the right knowledge about how to lead diverse groups and uh, strong leaders that can handle conflicts and and, and also make sure that that diversity leads to, to the benefits that everyone is talking about. So I think inclusive leadership is, is crucial to make something positive out of diversity. And then you will also have, I mean, a lot of the challenges that appears happens in the recruitment processes too. Uh, how you communicate, how you have your interview process, are they in, in, including or excluding mm making sure that the recruiters are very aware of unconscious bias. What des- decisions do they take on what grounds? And then the whole onboarding process. Mm-hmm. And after that, of course, leaders who who embrace and, and make sure that everyone feel included. Mm-hmm. So there are a
0: lot of tools working with this. But I think... And you I, can- I want to emphasize one thing that you said, Sophia, because I think it's very important uh, about the... That DNI is not an HR question. I know that we have quite a lot of participants here who are coming from HR, and it's really amazing to see this uh, interest. And I think it's very important that it really comes from the very top because otherwise it doesn't happen. HR don't have all the resources to pull through this transformation because it's a huge transformation and it's a process, and you need to really get it in the DNA of the company. And for that, you need support from the top leadership. So genius leaders if you're tuning in and you're a person within hr and you feel like you don't have the whole buy-in from your leadership team give them this interview to start with and then maybe they will be able to reach out to Midleaf because Sophia, you're providing a lot of consultancy uh, to the companies right to help them to educate them and also now you're starting something for the board of directors right so special education on dni for the board of directors yeah. so i think there are a lot of Um, great initiatives there and uh, there's amazing competence within your organization. So uh, genius leaders just tune into that and just shout out. It's not (laughs) sponsored anyhow, but I just really love what Sophia and and her team are doing. So just use that and also want to give some shout out to uh, at least two people who are here on the interview, Kasia or or on the uh, live. Uh, Kasia, if you can say hi to everyone in the chat, uh, her company ICQ Global are doing amazing assessments and they have a great tool to help companies uh, to Find this cognitive, or to identify the cognitive diversity or cognitive oh, wow. culture of each person, and then you can talk about that. And they have an amazing network of the coaches who are certified in that, uh, using that tool, who you can could, could also help your organization to to improve in the cognitive diversity because this is something that is often missed. And then Alena uh, Ipanova, who is also here, I think still. She was on my previous webinar uh, and we talked about feedback. And she is also an expert in the global uh, leadership and the cognitive diversity. Mm -hmm. So she helps companies with that. So if you need help in your organizations, just... Say hi to those people, connect with them on LinkedIn and connect with Sophia and reach out to, uh, to Mitleaf. There are a lot of people who are passionate about this and knowledgeable yeah. about this topic. <laughs> you don't it have is. to do all the errors mm-hmm. yourself and do all the trial and error in a painful way. You can really create a healthy shortcut short towards mm-hmm. this diversity and inclusion in your company and we can also actually see that
1: the requirements now on working actively with the with the dni from investors and owners is increasing mm-hmm. so it's both the owners investor perspective and, and in their turn on the board and so so there's a huge lack of competence around dni in, in boards mm-hmm. And they are the ones to, to give budget, to, to give a handshake uh, to the management group to work on this. And, and sometimes we've seen that they set up unrealistic goals because they lack of knowledge. So it is so important to, to, to find a common platform on this where we communicate uh, on the topic and we mean the same things. So making again making the complexity more narrative and, mm-hmm. and easy for everyone to understand.
0: That's that's really great that you see this gap and you really address it with what you're doing with your offer because that's that's important. Like if you see like, okay, the decision makers are not having the knowledge that they need and the intent can be really good, really positive, but they just setting the goals that set up everyone for for the failure and frustration. Mm-hmm. So why can't we help them so that we actually come from the right direction? I would also say that one of the most
1: important tools that we have in MITLE is our mentorship program. Because even if we educate leaders and managers on all levels today in the companies, in inclusive leadership, we know that the biggest difference happens when you actually get out of your comfort zones. And when you get exposed to, well, new perspectives in real life that's when you really change your mindset and start doing things differently so so in combination with education and increased knowledge and our mentor program we can make the biggest difference Mm -hmm. so we've seen managers that we have educated and and then who has entered the mentorship program. And that's when it happened. That's when that manager started to recruit differently. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah that's, that's a great point. Uh, it's not behind the desk uh, during the trainings that m- the, ma- the, most, uh, the biggest shift is happening. We have a, also a question uh, here that I got. How did you, Sophia, enforce empathy and predominantly trust with the work that you were doing? Um, you mentioned that people come to you over time and it works itself out. But how, as a leader, how did you do it in the beginning? That How did you, I guess I interpret it now a bit, but how did you trust that it will work out? Because I could imagine that this entrepreneurship journey of mid-leaf has not been a walk in the park. That's a such a good question.
1: And I was really thinking about, the day, about this the other day that it's been such a journey. I mean, I went like f- far outside Gothenburg for for a meeting at the employment service with one potential mentee the first year in the and had an information, well, some information uh, uh, moment uh, about Mitle's chance and I was so happy this person applied and we were 18 persons first year. So I just think that this, that's why it's so important to have feel committed to to the feeling and and the vision you have I had no idea and that as an entrepreneur that I I'm obviously are I just think that you learn to live in uncertainty but you have to have the commitment and have the trust that this will work out you see something and I don't know. I just so strongly wanted to do something. So, And if you send signals that you trust your idea and you believe so much in what you do, uh, sooner or later, people will join you because that sends a signal of of trust in that you know what you are doing. But I was also very keen on, on bringing people on the journey. I didn't have all the answers. So I wanted to... Be curious and and all the time understand, is this the right direction? And therefore I surrounded myself with, I know Steve Jobs said that once, that he always, he said, always hire people that are smarter than you. And I love that. That has been my device and my inspiration. So I'm not the smartest one in in our team, uh, far from, so but I have a drive and I have a commitment and I make sure to complement my competences and and make sure to have smart and great people around me uh, so we together can make this change. But it's pretty crazy those 13 years in that sentence because... Would I do what? Would I start, admittedly, today with the experience and and the learnings I have? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure actually because it's been such a journey and so many compromises. And and I I've been living with this organization for 13 years, so it's also a lifestyle and a compromise with your private life because it's not and you do not build an organization eight to five. You build an organization when it needs to be built. And that can be whenever in the week and maybe no vacation.
0: (laughs) So, Thank you so much for your uh, openness here, Sophia, because I think it's super important to discuss those things about entrepreneurship and leadership. I I just yesterday had a discussion with my... um, I'm in a business accelerator and we, we have a mini tribe of my accountability advisor and we had an office hour and we discussed it. They were like... Are you, are you willing to give up? Do you want to go back to the corporate now? And not like I hated my corporate job. It's never been the case. I always find the positive in whatever situation I am in, but I said, and we discussed it because it's super tough. And at the moment to me, I'm very vulnerable now at the moment, but it's super tough. I'm, Mm. I'm just, as you said, compromising and I'm trying to not compromise my family and relationship with my husband and my Mm -hmm. time with my daughter but it means that I'm compromising my time with myself and for myself and that's yeah. not sustainable. So we were discussing those things. And I, I said, no, yeah. I don't want to give up because even when it's tough, even when it's frustrating and scary, I still am connected to my why and it I just don't question my choice at all. It's a matter of time. I know it. And for me, the question is more whether I will make it <laughs> to that point where it really turns around and I see the, all the results. Or I need to make some more drastic changes with my self-care at the moment to really get to that point. But Mm. I think that goes back to what you talked about with how DNI initiatives can succeed, that it has to be tapped into why. Often these initiatives don't succeed because it's not connected to the why in the right way. And it's maybe connected in the beginning of the initiative, but then people forget the why. And yeah. I actually thought about the previous webinar that I had last month with Cecilia daughter, who was talking about the digital transformations and the human challenges within those. And she was talking about that. You need to tap into your why on a daily mm. basis, every meeting, yeah. every discussion, <laughs> every mm-hmm. decision has to be going back to why are we doing this? Is this mm. tool implementation helping us on this mission of ours, of our, as an organization, as a team and so mm. on. And I think this, Sounds like it's the same with the diversity and inclusion, not only the digital transformation. Mm, absolutely. And and always
1: focus on what works and not always of, and let that grow and not always of, of what you need to understand what not works, of course, but at least in your entrepreneurship, always, I mean, I was always happy for, for the one or two who showed up. I never focused on the 10 who didn't. So I think when you focus on the positive things, it grows. And in the same in DNI work. I mean, there are so many great examples of of projects and and journeys within DNI that has re- that is on a journey, of course, because DNI never ends. But it's there are so many great examples to look at. So so let's learn from each other and see and, and focus on the positive things. Then then it will grow and. And it becomes more fun and, and more brings attract more people on the journey. I think that is very important. But we also need to talk about similarities. Uh, sometimes we are not that different that we think we are, and to create this common base with inclusion, I think is very important mm-hmm. to everyone, for everyone to feel, feel valued and, and important and feel a sen- have a sense of belongingness. To the organization and and the team. But then we talk a lot about when we need to decide. We get many dilemmas to us to work on. And for example, when is gender diversity or gender equality, when does that stand over religion, for example? Because there are dilemmas when we need to decide on what value is the most important for this organization because we end up in situations where we have to make a statement and those things are also very interesting and i think that is also a tool for you your organizations to bring out some dilemmas and and discuss whether something stands over something else because i think that's the fear of of many to have those hard discussions when you have to, choose one direction over, over another. So well, to, to challenge your brains and, and, and challenge the complexity within the DNI, I think is very important.
0: I'm sure that everyone also. found a lot of <laughs> golden nuggets in that answer, because you touched on a lot of things and I would love to I have like at least a handful of things that I actually would like to develop as a, but we're already out of time <laughs> and we still have some amazing questions in the chat. I will ask one of them, what was the toughest decision you had to take as an entrepreneur? <laughs> oh, it's been so many. But I think
1: one, actually one hard decision was to step step off uh, the CEO role. Since this was my baby, I've been living with this organization, leading it as a CEO, uh, involved in every decision. I suddenly felt that I can't give anything more in this role. Uh, it needs a new leadership. It's a new time and we need processes. We need structures. We need to build a stable HR and everything. And that was not my strength. So realizing my weaknesses and, and deciding to step off uh, as a CEO, that was that was uh, actually a journey. But now my husband, got my ex-husband got very sick three years ago in cancer. So... And I actually took that decision before that. But suddenly when you, well, you, you take a few steps back and you realize that you have built an organization that works without you, that's an, an incredible feeling. <laughs> because I know today that Mitli would work without me. And, and the topics and, and the programs and everything we do for people deserves to exist uh, long-term, even if I'm not there but i think that was a journey to let go of the top leadership in in Midlip.
0: that's a very powerful story and thanks a lot for for sharing sophia cuz Again, it's it's your baby. I am saying that I, I have two babies. I gave birth to a human baby two, two years ago and then I gave birth to a business baby one year ago. And it's a bit of a, a challenge to, to, to have both of them. And it is it is big to see how this baby starts walking on, on their own. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. That should be the overall goal. That's when, yeah. To build something that is bigger than you, right? Yeah, Exactly. So, Sophia, what would be your three pieces of advice for all the genius leaders tuning in? It can be about private life, career, diversity. (laughs) But I
1: think the most powerful tool for me has been my curiosity. Mm. How does the world work out there? Uh, And I always have questions in my pocket. So there's always something to learn from every person you meet. And I think the curiosity tool is, is really powerful. And there is a sentence that says, seek first to understand, then to be understood. And I love that. And and then I think for me, it's been very important to challenge myself all the time. So I made sure to to step out of my comfort zones and very strategically. Uh, I even started the choir. (laughs) And I also started reading French at university last autumn, doing things outside your your normal all the time to expand your normal, I think is very important. And, and um, by challenging myself, I always also made sure to have a professional mentor, uh, a senior mentor, uh, and I always had a dream list. And I've had different mentors, for one year uh, at a time, and in an industry or in a business that is very different from from my world, so uh, challenge myself in that way. And uh, I would say that also be true with your weaknesses, and make sure to complement and build your dream team out from your strengths, and, and let other people grow in their strengths. That's my best tip because I would never have been with the organization where we are today if I was full of prestige Mm -hmm. so I'm very honest with what I can do and I'm very honest with what I can't do Mm -hmm. Uh, and that is our definitely our our key for success
0: yeah that's super valuable thanks the what, what what it would be the one practical tip that our listeners and viewers can do already today I think it's very fascinating actually with our unconscious
1: bias and how they impact us. Mm-hmm. So take a course on, on unconscious bias and learn to put words on your unconscious bias and be pay attention when they show up and why. I think that is a fun step to take because mm-hmm. that will open new perspectives and put new glasses on yourself maybe. Mm-hmm. That's,
0: that's great. Um, I I should do something like this. I'm I'm quite conscious about my bias that pops up in my head, and I question myself and catch those. But um, yeah, you never know what you don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. so I should also take a course. <laughs> so, uh, Sophia, last question is how people can find you, support uh reach out if they want to learn more, etc. Well,
1: it's so we have a homepage, com. There you find, uh, well, contacts and, and more information about how to apply to the mentorship programs. But also if you have needs in your companies to work with DNI, there are some, some inspiration on the homepage or you reach out to me and you'll find my email at the homepage too. So I'm, I'm only glad to hear from you and any feedback from this since I almost never talk about this. <laughs> In this way, it's, it's very welcome.
0: I see a lot of people thanking uh, us in the, in the chat. So they're, they're saying that it was truly amazing and very interesting event and very insightful. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you you managed to to send your message across and uh, people found a lot of value in, in our conversation. Thank you so much, mm-hmm. Sophia, for finding this time in your busy schedule. I know that you have so much going on and I'm very, very grateful that you could uh, share with us today thank and you, thank so you much. everyone for joining us live um, and everyone who is, who will be listening in the replay or watching in replay. Thanks for tuning in, in, in your, on your schedule rules. And uh, just one very last uh, moment uh, next uh, month, the 6th of April, that will be the first Tuesday of uh, April. I'll have uh, a bit of a different webinar because that time I will be teaching and I'll have one of the clients of mine coming and joining me, but we'll be talking about the genius zone and how you can, get into your genius zone. So join us. Uh, I will very soon uh, open the registration for that. So keep your eyes open and let's stay in touch. Connect with us on LinkedIn or through our emails and we'll be happy to continue the conversation. Thank you everyone.
1: Thank you and good luck everyone. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Genius Leadership. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button to not miss an episode. And to help more people become even better leaders, rate and review our podcast and share it with your communities. Remember, I'm always here for you. And I'm happy to connect with you on LinkedIn or via email or hope on a strategy call. Genius Leadership is an honest conversation about leading yourself and others. And it's my honor to be your guide in overcoming everything.